0: Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is healing. We should learn not to grow impatient with the slow healing process of time. We should discipline ourselves to recognize that there are many steps to be taken along the highway, leading from sorrow to renewed serenity. We should anticipate these stages in our emotional convalescence, unbearable pain, poignant grief, empty days, resistance to consolation, disinterestedness in life, gradually giving way to the new weaving of a pattern of action and the acceptance of the irresistible challenge of life. Uh, Joshua loth Uh, you know, shooting aside, I, I do not like the, this word should, and this is a little bit too negative, but you know, that irresistible challenge of life. It, and I think part of growing up and just and not to be a victim anymore, because I think in recovery, I'm starting to, over, you know, I thought life was an irresistible challenge, but then, you know, uh, you know, Dysfunctional dysfunction really can take you out of a lot of things. So anyways, back to the reading, recovery is a process. It is a gradual process, a healing process, and a spiritual process, a journey rather than a destination. Just as codependency takes on a life of its own and is progressive, so reg- recovery progresses. One thing leads to another and things, as well as us, get better. We can relax, do our part, and let the rest happen. Today, I will trust this process in this journey that I have undertaken. And I like the fact that it's a process. Too often, um, you know, I can compare my recovery to what happened a week ago. And these are just ineffectual behaviors learned in childhood with, uh, you know, in in my family, just a completely dysfunctional balance on education. You know, particularly, you know, I now find that, you know, as a creative person, an emphasis on education or work is like the worst thing because a creative person is curious and curious You know, and Julia Cameron is one of my idols, Um, you know, enthusiasm is worth 25 IQ points. And I I, I do believe that I was, you know, I I had a modicum, of, uh, you know, I had a certain degree of intelligence at some point. But man, when the enthusiasm gets sucked out of you, you know, it's tough. And I also like the the fact of let the rest happen as in the rest happen. But I also think about resting. You know, it's something I just didn't do for many years. And uh, just like an athlete needs rest, so does human beings. Any high performer does. I mean, that might be one of the secrets uh, now that everybody and their brother does meditation. Back to the reading. Back, uh, sorry, the next, the next reading is Melody Beatty, also the language of letting go. And the topic is conflict and detachment. This should be good. In a relationship, there are those wonderful times when things go smoothly for both people. Neither person needs to focus too heavily on the concept of detachment. But there are those challenging times when one person is in crisis or changing, and we need to detach. Then there are stressful cycles when both people in a relationship are in the midst of dealing with intense issues. Both are needy, and neither has anything to give. These are times when detachment and taking care of ourselves are difficult. It is helpful in these moments to identify the problem. Both people are in the midst of dealing and healing. Neither has much to give, at least in the moment, and both are feeling particularly needy. That's the problem. What's the solution? There may not be a perfect solution. Detachment is still the key, and I, um, but that can be very difficult when we need to support ourselves. In fact, the other person may be asking for support rather than offering it. We can still work toward detachment. We can still work through our feelings. We can accept this as temporary cycle in, in our relationship and stop looking to the other person for something that he or she cannot give at the moment. Yeah, and I think that's judging people on their past history and, you know, just understanding that we're all going through stuff. You know, it's definitely a mistake that I've made. We can stop expecting ourselves to give at the moment as well. You know, I think that also involves checking in. It's like, what do I have to give? Communication helps. Identifying the problem, talking about it without blame or shame is a start. Figuring out alternative support systems or ways to get our needs met helps. We're still responsible for taking care of ourselves, even when we're in the best of relationships. We can reasonably expect conflicts of need and the clashing of issues to occur in the most loving, healthy relationships. It is one of the cycles of love, friendship, and family. If it is a healthy relationship, the crisis will not go on endlessly. We will regain our balance. The other person will too. We can stop making ourselves so crazy by looking for the other person to be balanced when he or she isn't. That is so important. We can stop making ourselves so crazy by looking for the other person to be balanced when he or she isn't. Talk things out, work things out. Keep our expectations of other people, our relationships, and ourselves healthy and reasonable. A good relationship will be able to sustain and survive low points. Sometimes we need them so we can both grow and learn separately. Sometimes people who are usually there for us cannot be there for us. We can find another way to take care of ourselves. Today, I will remember that my best relationships have low points. If the low point is the norm, I may want to consider the desirability of the relationship. If the low point is a temporary cycle, I will practice understanding for myself and the other person. God, help me remember that the help and support I want and need does not come in the form of only one person. This is something that I've forgotten: over reliance on one person. Help me be open to healthy options for taking care of myself if any normal support system is not available. What a reading. It's definitely mistakes that I've kind of made in the past. And I think that over reliance on one person, you know, and that's why, you know, a higher power, you know, a group, an inner, inner child, but not one entity, you know, and that could even extend to work. It's not just, it could be a best friend, it could be anything. And these can lead the best of relationships to become resentments. And, you know, it's at times like these that I remember spiritual principles will solve all our problems. The next reading is from ACA, Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is Workplace Family. It occurred to me while we were discussing the personality conflict that I was reacting to my coworker's physical demeanor, which subconsciously reminded me of my brutal, alcoholic stepfather. Sometimes we don't even hear the words. A glare or body posture that's reminiscent of our childhood is enough to send us into fear and shame. We were taught to react this way by caregivers. We felt we had to placate in order to get our basic needs met. Some of us were sexually abused in the process or physically beaten. In that world, we had no alternative. We were stuck. Very lucky that neither of those happened. I was just emotionally, though, particularly by my grandmother, which is just... So it's, it's amazing, you know, I think the best part about the steps is like the, the clarity that you get and, and the things that you thought were good and the things that you, and the things you would like, well, I, I just can't, it's the most important thing. Back to your reading. But now we are grown ups who can take care of ourselves. When we experience fear and shame brought on by someone else's action, whether in the workplace or elsewhere, we no longer play the game. We start to let others be accountable for what they say and do and how they feel. We let go of the nonverbal cues. When it is safe, we ask questions. It seems like you're upset. Is there something you would like to talk about? We no longer pretend and try to manipulate people and things. If the situation is dangerous, we remove ourselves, going to where we are nourished and loved. We are no longer controlled by others. We claim our power as an act of self-love. On this day, I will own my power. If others seem grouchy or unapproachable, I let that live with them. And don't make it mine or try to fix it. And I think that's the thing is, you know, it was very hard to even deal with temporary uncomfort, you know. So, you know, sometimes people just kind of go through phases and stuff. And the best thing you can do is sometimes the best thing other people can do, which is space. The next reading and final one is from ACA Strengthening My Recovery. And the topic is the spiritual experience. Who would have thought that talking, trusting, and feeling would equal a spiritual experience? but it does for adult children. We felt this new spirituality in our breathing and in the sense that we could face life on life's terms. It seems rather simple. Show up in a meeting, listen, share, and go home. These basic acts of self-care bring significant changes to our lives. When we make time in our day to attend a meeting, we practice self-love. Gotta repeat that again. When we make time in our day to attend a meeting, we practice self-love. When we make time in our day to attend a meeting, we practice self-love. When we give each other attention, we show each other that we care. When we listen quietly, attentively, and respectfully, we become witnesses of another person's growth and our own. When we feel comfortable enough to share our recovery story, we demonstrate trust in the group. When we make an effort to accept the space we are in, we display our own vulnerability and move forward. These simple acts of self-care yield a spiritual experience that far outweighs our efforts. Our fellow ACAs listen with empathy, without interrupting our process, and they witness our spiritual experience too. As we learn to trust and surrender to the process, memories or feelings surface from beneath the weight of the now crumbling false self. We become become free to breathe, to take positive simple steps as we heal and truly live our lives, I might add, finally. On this day, I take simple steps to practice self-care, as that So that I may experience the spiritual nature of my recovery. And that concludes today's readings for this episode of Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to feel my feelings, to pause, because that's where God is. And, as Kamal Ravikant says, to love myself as if my life depended on it.